Off Stage Podcast. How are you today to all the new listeners and now new viewers? We finally got our act together here and we're pulling it together. We can actually uh, create viewership here. And so uh, some enjoy the visual, others just the audio. So however you're uh, connected with us on the podcast, welcome. My name is Scott Thomas and uh, getting to hang out with you and talk specifically to Christians. In, not, not specifically, we're speaking broadly, but I would say speaking to Christianity in the sense of giving you answers to the questions that you never knew to ask. In other words, filling in the blanks. There's missing pieces to the Christian faith. They're not lost. They're just missing. So how can we fill in those blanks and show deeper meaning and identity to the roots of our faith, which is Judaism? We're Judeo-Christians. That's my little disclaimer. That's my upfront part. I want to jump into some teaching here. And maybe again, begin to connect concepts that you are familiar with, that Christianity is familiar with, but we haven't seen the deeper meaning behind it. I want to talk to you today about uh, baptism. Baptism. Uh, Maybe you've been baptized. One of the joys that I have as a pastor is being able to celebrate baptism with people. What is that? When someone has given their heart to Christ or maybe renewed their faith with Him, um, they come and uh, they step into a pool of water and we immerse them into water. We lay them under the water, pick them back up. You've seen this before. And celebrate a baptism, which symbolizes the dying out. They're buried to the old man the old way of life, and then resurrected into new life. That is the picture of what we're celebrating. And, and we find this in, in, in the Bible. We find this as one of the mandates that, that Jesus uh, laid out for us in Matthew chapter 28. You're familiar with this. Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Uh, baptism specifically is spoken here because immersion was an outward sign of an inward happening. Again, let me say that. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward happening. Because I have changed my life over, I'm no longer serving myself. I'm now serving Christ. I've given Him full authority of my life. That's what baptism is symbolizing. And in Judaism, it's very interesting because you need to understand this. Christianity, Christians did not come up with baptism. Like, where did we get the ritual of being dry, getting wet, and all of a sudden you're more spiritual? Well, what it's actually doing is it's following through in a tangible way to express what's happened to me spiritually. On the inside, I want to go expressive on the outside. And this is actually a Jewish concept. This was not something that Christians developed. Uh, This preceded Christianity. It was in Judaism. And the reason Christians baptize now is because the roots of our faith, the first followers of Christ, were Jews. It was a natural part of the expression of faith. And so I want us to talk about that today because baptism, uh, we call it baptism in our English language, but you would be baptized in a mikvah. Mikvah, M-I-K-V-A-H, M-I-K-V-A-H. That's that's what that 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 is in Judaism. It is a it is a pool of water, a mikvah, where you would self immerse. You would completely go under the water. Uh, it, interesting enough that the way that this mikvah was set up, uh, which I think is is uh, very important to look at. A mikvah was 
where water was gathered naturally. I'll have more to say about that in a minute. It couldn't be carried by hand. It couldn't be artificially created. Uh, you didn't go get buckets of water and make a pool, uh, but it had to be uh, naturally gathered water that was considered to be living water. So rainwater, as it rained, the water was sent from God to make a pool, and we are immersed in this living water. It's not man-made. It's from God straight to me, and I've been immersed in that. It's interesting, Jeremiah 17 says, The Lord is the spring of living water. John chapter 4, uh, Jesus said this, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever uh, drinks of the water that I give him shall never thirst but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Jesus called himself the living water. When he's using these terms in, uh, in his teachings, he's relating directly to his culture. Those are not just metaphorical, really poetic terms. Those are specifically used terms in order to connect with Judaism's culture, celebration, uh, worship. He's saying that water that's living water from God, that water that is purely from God that you immerse yourself in, I am the living water. Immerse yourself into me. Uh, I am straight from God. I have come straight from heaven. These are all messagings that Jesus is putting out there. And the Bible, you'll hear me throughout this podcast talk about uh, the Torah. And I want to qualify, so if you're not familiar with what that term is, the Torah actually, in literal sense, is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That is the Torah. But when we talk about the Torah at large or the Hebrew Bible, we're talking what Christians would call the Old Testament, uh, or some call, as I do, the First Covenant. Uh, so the Torah in general, uh, Jews look at the uh, Old Covenant or the First Covenant or the Old Testament, if you want to look at it that way. They look at those scriptures, including the prophets and Psalms. They, they look at all of that. They do not look to the New Testament. New Testament is strictly for Christians. And Christians don't throw away the Torah. We embrace the totality, all 66 books of the Bible. So that's kind of how that breaks down. In the Torah, uh, there's a prescription as to when to be baptized, when to go to the mikvah. And it's when a person or a thing is changing status. In fact, the mikvah is actually known as a place of transition from one status to another, uh, from, from, from one situation to another. In other words, if I'm ritually impure, if someone, if, if I went and I buried a loved one and I handled a loved one, I touched the body while putting them in their tomb, I am considered ritually impure because I've handled a dead animal or a dead person. Therefore, I need to go to a mikvah and I need to immerse myself. And as I do so, it changes my status from unpure to now pure. Uh, when someone turned their life over from being far from God to became, becoming a God follower or a God fearer, they would go and immerse in a mikvah and it changed their status over that. It was an outward symbol of I'm just immersing myself in the living water of God. It changes who I am. Even a bride and a groom on their wedding day, they will go to a mikvah and they will immerse themselves. Why? Because they are changing status. They're no longer available. They are now, the two became one. So it's all about a transition, a, a change, a status from one spiritual state to another. That's mostly how we see a mikvah being utilized. Now, here's something that might catch you off guard. A mikvah was one of the very first things God created in creation. 
Genesis chapter 1, verse 10, right? Genesis 1, like to the beginning of the book. Genesis 1 says this, To the gathering of the waters he called the sea. Day three of creation, God gathered the waters together and called them the sea. But interesting, the word gathering there literally means the mikvah. To the mikvah of the waters he called the sea. In other words, the ocean is considered a mikvah. It is a natural gathering of water, not man-made. And to this day, Jews recognize the ocean as an option for a mikvah that you can go and you can immerse there. Uh, and just a couple things just to jog your attention. So again, a mikvah is where you ritually fully immerse yourself to change status. Remember when the Hebrew uh, children, they were locked up in bondage for over 400 years and they were coming out of bondage. God sent Moses, let my people go. They're all coming out. They're coming out of Egypt, headed to the promised land, but they run into an issue just a little ways out of Egypt. What was it? The Red Sea. Like, God, did you like, do, do we need to get ways out? Do we need to Google this thing? How, how do we get around this scenario? Do you not know where you're taking us to? But God intentionally brought them to the Red Sea. And then what happened? Moses sticks his stick out. The waters part. The entire nation, watch this, immersed, went underwater. They walked on the floor of the Red Sea and came out the other side. God baptized the entire nation when they came out of Egypt. Why did he do that? Why was that a mikvah? He was changing their status. No longer slaves. Now his people set free for a different purpose. Are you following me? The, I, I, I love this stuff. It's not there by an accident. What, what, about, what about the flood? Noah's flood. The whole earth was covered with living water. And because the, the whole earth was flooded, what did it do? It changed the status of the earth. The earth was so full of wickedness. God destroyed all of the wickedness, and it was a changing of status. And now we have the rainbow where God will never do that again. But what happened was he literally washed the world in a mikvah to change and elevate the status from impure back to pure again. This is all through our Bible. In Luke chapter 3, Jesus goes, he's getting ready to start his ministry, and he is baptized at the start of his ministry. And can I just say, if Jesus was baptized, if it was good enough for him, it's probably good enough for us, right? Uh, Jesus was making a declaration that my status is being elevated. I'm going forward. And Man, if I had time to get into the teaching right now of the actual account of Jesus being baptized to show you what took place that most Christians have never seen, understood, that everything that took place in detail was all prescription because Jesus was a Jew going into ministry, that he had to have some specific things done. It's all in the account, and I don't have time to go there. That's another podcast. But this stuff is all in our Bible that many times we will overlook. Again, it's the questions we never knew to ask because it's never been our culture, our custom, our history, our language to know what's going on. So when you see someone getting baptized in church, that's a beautiful thing, but it's important that we understand that there's a depth to it. There's something deeper and greater. And until we open our eyes and our hearts to that, maybe, maybe, if you've not been baptized yet, now you'll understand the importance and the power behind the baptism. I'm declaring a status change in my life that I'm going down one way, but I'm coming up new. Not that the water and the immersion changes anything. All it is is a symbol of an inner happening. Something has happened in my life, and I am declaring it on the outside. But this becomes that status change. 
You see, to be, to be pure, to transition from one spiritual state to another, this immersion took place. And as I said before, uh, it was called living waters that was in this mikvah. And living waters was a place where death was swallowed up. Uh, remember, Paul, Paul said, Old death, where is your sting? Old grave, where is your victory? He talks about death being swallowed up in victory. It's more pictures of this whole status change where we're now living in new life. And we see this really come to play uh, in John chapter 3, where the Bible says Nicodemus, one of the synagogue rulers, comes to Jesus by night. I don't have time to do all that teaching there, but he comes to him by night because he didn't want to be seen associating with Jesus. Uh, many scholars state that he had this faith, this reach, this hunger. He had heard Jesus teach, and he had a real interest, wanted to know about Jesus, but didn't want anyone to know he was asking. And in John chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, uh, here's, here's what uh, he asked Jesus, what does a man need to do to be saved? Jesus said, you must be born again. Verse 4, Nicodemus says, can a man enter the second time into his mother's womb? Uh, and be born? And Jesus answered, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Uh, this is interesting because baptismal water, uh, which is the mikvah, is referred to as the womb of the world. This is in rabbinic Judaism. This is in, in rabbinic teaching. The rabbis will teach this, that uh, that water in a mikvah is referred to as the womb of the world. And as a convert uh, came out of the water, they were considered having a new birth. It was brand new life that they were stepping into, separating him from the pagan world to the God world that he has now agreed to follow. Are, are you following this? I, I'm going from a womb. I'm, I'm going down. I'm, I'm going second time. I'm going to be reborn. There's a new birth about to happen. My former life is gone. My new life is here. That's what the rabbis taught. The rabbis. This is not a Christian perspective. This, this is why I love studying this, uh, this understanding a little bit deeper than, than what we have looked at because we look at it with such veiled eyes and hearts. We don't see the full impact as to what these scriptures are meaning and what some of these words, phrases, and idioms are about in the New Testament, but it's all referring back to the roots of our faith. And if we don't understand it, we miss it. Here it is, baptism meaning so much more than what we've ever given it credence for. And now we begin to see this in the thought of actually uh, going into and having a, a womb of life is what we're entering into as we get baptized. That is beautiful for me. A status was changed and referred to literally a little child just born or a child of one day. Those are actual Jewish phrases in rabbinic teaching. A little child just born or a child of one day when someone comes out of the mikvah. Brand new life. But don't you know that's what happens to us when we give our lives to Christ? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And as we go to a baptism pool, as we go to our, our mikvahs in churches, and we are put under, and then we come out, the old man died, the new man has been resurrected, and that's what we are celebrating and sharing together. Again, rabbinic insights to all this. Living water is also known as true knowledge of God to have full understanding of knowledge of God. So all this buy-in associated with Holy Spirit in my life, that once I have accepted Christ, God's Spirit is now living inside me, teaching me, leading me, having a knowledge of who God is relationally, directing my life, leading my decisions, all of those things. Uh, I have died to the old life. 
I'm alive to the new life. And this is important because in Florida, we have these things, uh, these, these areas where the ocean water has inlets that come into uh, inland, and then we have some freshwater lakes, and then there's places where the freshwater and the salt water actually mix together, where the two rivers run together, and that water is called brackish water. Now, you can drink fresh water, but you don't want to drink ocean water, right? We've all done that before. Ocean water will make you sick. Fresh water is good for life. It's dangerous, though, when they get mixed together because it's possible for you to be thinking that this is fresh water when really it has some salt mixed with it and it's brackish and it's not good for you and it doesn't sustain life the way that we thought. That is the thing that, that the Bible is speaking to here uh, very importantly is that we can't have a mixture of truth and a lie. I can't try to bring my old life into my new life. I've got to let some things die so I can truly have some things come alive. Until that goes away, this can't be. And so we can't mix both of those back and forth because we have a brackish faith. Sometimes we believe, sometimes we don't. Sometimes I, 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 I want to worship, sometimes I don't. I'm in, I'm out, I'm up, I'm down. It, I can't get my momentum. What's going on? Maybe there's a mixture. Maybe there's a little bit of living water mixed with some brackish water, and we're not living in the fullness of what we were supposed to be able to live in. This is why when a mikvah, when an immersion took place, uh, when someone was baptized, in Judaism, uh, this immersion also came with some, a declaration that the person, when they came out of the water, here's what they would declare. They reaffirmed this. They said, I will do and I will hear. Uh, think about that phrase. I will do and I will hear. This is a phrase from the oath taken by the priests uh, that they were declaring, we will not forsake the Torah. That, that by the way, is in Deuteronomy chapter 29. When they came out of the water, I will do and I will hear. It's interesting because they're saying that they're going to do it before they even hear it. Why would they mix those two? Because they are stating, God, before I understand fully what you're saying to do, I will follow you even when I can't understand what you're saying. I'll, I'll let understanding catch up later, but I will follow you with all my heart. Why? Because the old life is gone. The new life is here. I need a new set of instructions for how to live in this world. That old world, I could do that world, but I've never done this world. And this is a spirit world. I can't live in brackish water because what happens when I begin to try to mix my two worlds? 2 Timothy 3, 7 kicks in. It says, always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We can become intellectual Christ followers without having our heart fully engaged. How does that happen? When I know more about him in my head than I am following in my heart. And when I do that, I'm living with a brackish faith. It doesn't have the full force of life behind it. There's not fully living water. I'm trying to mix two worlds together when I've got to come out of one and come fully into the other. I, I think it's powerful when we begin to look at all of this, and I'll finish with this uh, as we're wrapping this up without going too deep here. There's so many different levels that we could get to in this. The word mikvah uh, is four Hebrew letters, uh, mem, kuf, vav, and hey. Uh, those four letters are how you spell mikvah. And that word mikvah is made up of, of a three-word root. Uh, a lot of Hebrew words are three-word roots, and don't I'm not going to lose you here, but, but follow me here. The root word that makes up mikvah, it literally means hope. Kuf, vav, hey, it means hope. So watch this. When you put the M letter, the mem, in front of those, 
when the M is preceding a root like that, the M means the place of. So watch this. Mikvah means the place of hope. That, that's, that's literally an understanding that comes out of the word. I didn't make this up. This, this is just right here. This is understood that the experience is fully alive and hope is there. Why? Why is hope there? Because I'm in living waters. I am living in something that came straight from Christ, from heaven. I am now, the old life is gone. The new life is here. I've got the instructions of God flowing into my life. No brackish mixing of last of my old world and new world. I'm fully coming after him. I will obey and then I will understand later. I'm going hard. My old life is dead. My new life is fully alive. All of this is happening. And that's why Romans 6, 2 through 4, and I'm done with this. This is my final closing. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Here's the good news. When you get baptized, you are stepping fully into a new life. You are surrounded in hope. You are submerged in living water. Old things are dead. New things are alive. There's a new set of instructions that are flowing with you. There is a transition. There has been a shift, a change, a status change has gone on. You're not the person you used to be. This is the power of understanding the Hebraic roots of our faith. Baptism in church, great. Mikvah. Mikvah, that is the root. That's been a, that was a part of Jesus' culture, and that's where we got our baptism from. But when you understand the depth and the importance and the value behind why Jesus celebrated this and why it was passed on, and we were given the command in Matthew 28 to go and baptize, maybe we understand a little bit more of the importance and the power of it. Maybe today, because you understand now, you might want to get baptized again. When you have a fuller understanding, you might want to make a new declaration. Old things are gone. New things are here. Thanks for hanging out today. I hope something in this has spoken to your heart the way it speaks to mine. I, I'm, I get excited while I'm sitting here and I'm working up a sweat because uh, this is just so exciting and life-giving to me. But this is what we want to do each week. Try to bring something to you to empower your faith and maybe turn your heart more towards uh, who Christ is in his original culture and status because it gives us greater meaning as to what we're all about. Thanks for checking out the uh, Offstage Podcast. We look forward to catching you the next time around. Have a great week.